My pleasure to welcome back our Attorney General, William Tong, who makes monthly appearances with us now. Attorney General, good morning. Thanks for joining us for today. A big event that took place last week was you getting quite outspoken, suing four ghost gun dealers for illegal sales in Connecticut. And you've pretty much made it clear, if you ship ghost guns to our state, we will find you, stop you, and hold you accountable. Update me on where that stands right now. Yeah, this has become a real problem in Connecticut, and, and it's a real danger not just to Connecticut families and residents, but, but also law enforcement. We're seeing a huge uptick in the numbers of ghost guns. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, when I first wrote um, the ghost gun statute back in 2018, people thought, you know, people thought it was a, is a bit alarmist at the time. They, they'd never heard of ghost guns. They weren't sure what ghost guns were. Um, and, and we saw, you know, a, a, a scant few ghost guns at that time being, um, being collected on our streets. Fast forward just, a, you know, two or three years, um, ghost guns now, if you, um, in Hartford, for example, uh, Hartford's collected, Hartford police have collected more than 350 guns. And uh, of those, uh, the number has gone from just seven guns a couple of years ago to 57 guns today. So it's become a huge problem, uh, not just in Hartford, but across the state. What do you say to the gun owners, the gun rights owners, who say you're taking away my guns? We're not taking away anybody's guns. What we're just saying is we shouldn't have a supply of unserialized, unregistered, untraceable ghost guns. For people that are listening and don't know, ghost guns are guns that are fashioned out of kits that you can buy online. You can buy basically 80% of a fully automatic assault weapon. You can buy a kit to make a fully automatic AR-15, which is the gun that killed 26 people at Newtown. It can, it can be made not just um, semi-automatic, but fully automatic, which is illegal. And you can do it in your own home. And it, it, you just need to go on, you need to buy um, one of these kits and then go on YouTube, and within 20 minutes to an hour, you can fashion your own fully automatic assault weapon. Um, and nobody knows that you've done it, uh, it's totally untraceable, uh, unserialized, unregistered, and and that should scare everybody. That that there is a supply of these firearms that can be rarely had through the mail, and it's a danger to all of us. So you sued four out-of-state firearm dealers. Are there any in-state ghost gun dealers? I'm not aware of any in-state dealers that are selling to Connecticut uh, residents. Uh, on the internet. That doesn't mean it's not happening. I just haven't seen them. But we've identified four that are selling directly to people in Connecticut. And and this is what's so disturbing. Um, everybody knows that ghost guns are illegal in Connecticut. And, and there are at least 10 states that, um, nine states that have followed our lead. So 10 states total. I think we were the first to ban ghost guns or among the first. And if you're selling ghost gun parts, you know that it's illegal in Connecticut. And actually, two of these websites, these, these sellers and manufacturers, they put on their website somewhere that um, these parts may not be legal in some states. They even say these parts are not legal in Connecticut. They shipped them to us anyway. 
and then and then uh, at least one of um, at least one of these manufacturers has said publicly, uh, "We ship these products, no questions asked, and and we don't ask for ID, we don't do background check, we don't verify." who you are, where you live, how old you are. By the way, anecdotally, we're hearing that a lot of these guns are ending up in the hands of young people. And, and that is obviously very dangerous and very concerning. And, and they just ship to anybody indiscriminately. And, and again, as I said, um, they, ship, they ship the fully machined parts, 80% of which are necessary for making a fully automatic AR-15. How do you find these out-of-state firearm dealers who sell on the web? Do you have members of your staff that actually go online trying to aggressively go on the market for these ghost guns, and they find them, and that's when you go after them? We have agents, but, but Wayne, if I was with you in the studio right now, we'd just take out our phones, and it wouldn't take long. I bet, I bet it would, in less than a minute, you and I would be able to, to find uh, a ghost gun manufacturer willing to sell to us, and then add another minute for us to fill out the online form and put your credit card in. And in a couple minutes, um, we've got 80% of a fully automatic AR-15 on its way by the mail to your house. Conversely, do you get citizens of Connecticut who stumble across these sites, maybe trying to buy a legal gun, and they see it, they know it's illegal, and they report them to your office? I haven't gotten those reports, but I do know, obviously, that they're being purchased here in Connecticut. And, and, and the, the rate uh, that we're seeing them on Connecticut streets is increasing at an exponential rate. We move along to another item from just last week that you've demanded $6.1 million from Connecticut's service plaza operator over unpaid wages. How can this pe- these people get away with this? I mean, if I don't get paid after a week or two, I'm going to start making some noise. $6.1 million. How did that happen? Yeah, they're making, they've been making noise for some time, but here's the, here's the problem. The problem is in 2009, um, this this company, which now uh, which is now known as Project Service LLC, they got a pretty good deal. They got a deal to run all of the service stations on our um, all the service plazas, service centers uh, on our um, state highways. This includes ninety five uh, Route fifteen and three ninety five. They have they got they got the deal to run. Uh, all the rest stops for for 35 years, and and that includes 23 rest stops. That's a pretty good deal. 35 years at the time seemed like a really long time to have control over all 23. And in exchange for that, and whatever investment they were going to make in those physical properties, they were required to pay what's known as the standard wage under law because they're doing this pursuant to a to a state contract. We're not talking about a lot of money. I met I met a, um, a, a, a a plaza manager of a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, he manages two shifts at one of the rest stops, uh, two of the rest stops, sorry, on the Merritt Parkway, and he makes sixteen bucks an hour, which today is not a ton of money. And and under law, he's supposed to get uh, benefits on top of that of at least thirty percent. And so he should be making eighteen something an hour, and he's been he's been he's been shortchanged that amount for 
a while now. And if you add it all up, more than 2,000 employees who, again, don't work high-wage jobs, we're not talking about big money here. We're talking about people um, who are just trying to make it work for their families, put food on the table. These are subsistence service wages, you know, 16 bucks an hour. And, and frankly, it is wrong to rip these workers off. These are the people who um, work probably work more than one job, uh, again, just trying to provide for their families. It is wrong to take advantage of workers, but it is particularly wrong to take advantage of these workers. If I wanted to apply for a job at one of those 23 service plazas today, what assurance would I have that I'd get be paid next week? Uh, other than the obvious health and strength of their business, you could be sure that they were operating. You could be sure that um, the company's making money. But no, you couldn't be sure that you're making what you should make um, when you sign up for one of these jobs. That's pretty scary. So you're looking to recover $2.7 million in unpaid wages. I know this just happened last week, but how's the battle going? Are you making progress on that front? Well, we just started, but but to be candid, this has been going on for a while now, for years, trying to get these guys to do the right thing. Now, people have asked me, well, why did it take you so long? You know, because it's a pretty tough situation when you've got essentially one company with a monopoly over 23 rest stops. They own the whole ball game. They run the whole ball game. And, and we, we need them to be successful because all of us from one end of the state to the other use these rest stops. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to say, you're not following the law, you're out, and to replace them with somebody else. That's not the easiest thing to do. And so we've been trying to get them to do the right thing. I take no joy in filing this lawsuit, but I had to because they're not complying with the law. Attorney General William Tong joining us this morning. And you've recently been seeking expanded fraud fighting authority. What would that authority give you that you don't already have now? Well, it, 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 it would surprise you and most of the viewers to know that my authority to fight fraud, waste, and abuse, and misconduct in the use of state resources, state funds, is very limited. Um, I actually only have the ability to, um, to take action against fraud, waste, and misconduct over healthcare and human services spending. So I, I can't touch anything else. And, and, and I think most people expect that when I get up in the morning and walk into the office, the attorney general has broad authority to go after people who commit fraud in the use of state funding. And, and, and the fact is, is I have very limited authority. Um, and so I'm saying to the legislature, every other state in the region has broad authority. New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and the federal government has broad authority to take action, um, broad civil and criminal authority to take action against people who misuse federal funding. How come Connecticut doesn't have the same ability with, respect, with regard to state funding? And the truth is we don't. 
I saw this on Twitter back on Wednesday. Throughout the month of March, and particularly on International Women's Day, we recognize and honor the brave, bold, and talented women who have shaped and continue to shape the course of Connecticut, American, and world history. You posted that, and then you posted a picture of three ladies that have made an impact on your life. Tell me about those ladies. Yeah, I'm, I'm super lucky. And, and, of course, my wife, um, who's getting ready for her day right now in the other room and is a busy corporate executive and mom of um, 17-year-old, 14-year-old, and an 11-year-old. I mean, Liz makes it makes it happen every single day. I, I would not be attorney general. I could not serve as attorney general. I couldn't serve the people of the state if Liz wasn't holding it together and making our life possible at home. And I'm very lucky that... Um, that not only does my wife uh, hold us all up here at home on her shoulders, but my mom and my grandmother. My grandmother is uh, 98 years old, young, and um, really proud of her because she came here as an immigrant and um, she got a job early on. One of her first jobs was working uh, key punch. Now, that's like many generations back now. It shows how old I'm getting. But Key Punch was um, a, a prior iteration of, of computing, where there are these huge computers, huge machines, bigger than you or me in a, in a big room, and you would, you would stick paper cards into the computer to make it work. That's how you program the computer to make it work. And one of her first jobs was running Key Punch. And then, of course, my own mom, who, uh, also an immigrant, ran a Chinese restaurant with my dad. I worked in that Chinese restaurant with them. She's made every sacrifice you can make so that I can be on the phone with Wayne Norman uh, at 7.40 in the morning. And oh, so it's her fault, huh? It's her fault in one generation, in one um, generation. Probably. I love those kind of stories. I'm glad you were able to share those stories today. And, you know, last month when we talked, it was right after the Super Bowl, and you talked about your wife Liz's interpretation of roast Chinese spare ribs. She put a picture on Twitter. They look phenomenal. So give me an example of something in the last week. Uh, is anything along those lines that have been on the Tong family dinner table? You know, Eleanor, uh, my girls are... are um, are here for spring break. And so Eleanor last night, um, she made a focaccia bread and we were watching the Oscars and, you know, you shouldn't be eating pest. You shouldn't eat after dinner time, right? <laughs> and I, 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 I try to teach my kids healthy habits, but like 1030 at night, she shows up while we're watching the Oscars with this focaccia bread that was phenomenal. It was, um, she made it from a she made it from a kit, but um, you know, it had a little like broccoli and cheese. It was just delicious. Sweet ravings and cravings, indeed. Let's get back to serious stuff here. You've got announcements on lawsuits against a solar company. What did they do, or what did they not do? <sighs> they rip they rip people off, and and there's a woman in West Suffield who's a good example. They went to her house. She didn't make a lot of money. They sold they sold her a hundred grand worth of solar equipment. They lied on her application saying that she made ninety grand when when she's never made ninety grand. They signed her up for documents that she couldn't read, couldn't understand, wasn't given an adequate opportunity to understand. And then they went and installed solar panels, fifty seven solar panels on her 
small little cape, and guess what? They don't work. And and to this day, she's been billed, she's paid. Um, I think she was able to stop payments recently, but she paid some money, she got billed, they still don't work. And it, and it looks like they, they were installed uh, possibly by somebody who wasn't licensed to install those solar panels. So, um, you know, she was a victim of high-pressure sales tactics, a door-to-door salesman. People have got to be careful. I'm not saying don't do solar. I'm saying be careful, do your diligence, make sure you know what you're signing up for because this company, Vision Solar, has been running around Connecticut and taking advantage of people, and that's what we're going after them. This is one that I think affects a lot of people. Although, in my own personal life, I've gotten fewer robocalls of late. Some of that might be from software that actually goes on a smartphone and the like, but you are asking for new, broader authority to fight robocalls. What would that authority do, and how would that reduce the robocalls that we all get? Yeah, so that's been a huge focus of my office when I became Attorney General. We took strong action against the big telecommunications companies, forced them to the table, uh, and to agree to a bunch of principles that are necessary to enable us to trace calls and to prosecute bad actors. We busted the largest robocall ring in American history, billions of calls, um, and now we're going after the 20 big gateway providers and they do what it sounds like they do. They're the gateway for robocalls. The first stop for robocalls coming in from out of state uh, um, go through these companies, out of this country, frankly, go through these companies. So we need more authority to continue that work, including to go after companies that use Internet protocols to process robocalls, also um, text robocall scams, so not just you know voice robocalls, but text robocalls. Um, those are the sorts of uh, new powers that we need to fight these robocalls and stop them from getting through. And I think one thing that bothers me and perhaps other people, too, are the ones who are able to make it look like it's a call coming from across the street when it's coming from across the country or maybe beyond our borders. How about coming from your own phone? I've seen that, too, where you, you get a message, you get a call from your own telephone number, and and why would that be troublesome? Because then you think there's something wrong with your phone, right? And that's why you pick up. And sure enough, it's a robocall. And that's what they want to do. Keep up the good fight on that. Attorney General, we appreciate your time with us today. Look forward to more visits in the future. Thanks, Wayne. Have a good day. William Tong, the Connecticut Attorney General, joining us on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.